Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the sixth episode. Yes, that's the sixth episode of our podcast on report. What a week it's been. Josh, how are we? Good, thanks, Zach. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, good to be back. Oh, let's get stuck in. And it's on. So they come into all parts of the ground now. Oh, there's a big punch up in center. All right, beautiful, Josh. Good to be back. Keen for a big episode. How's everything been? Yeah, it's gone all right. Thanks, Zach. Uh, not too much to report. What about you? Yeah, not too much, not too much. A couple of uh, interesting things. I think life's kind of coming back together at the moment. It's kind of nice. Uh, things going back at work. NBA is coming back soon. So people who don't know, big NBA fan. Just a shame what's happening down in Victoria, I reckon. Bit of a shocker. Yeah, we might have to uh, morph this into a, maybe an NBA NRL podcast further down the line, or especially on the off season. But yeah, happy the Victorians. Like, they're almost got to be on report this episode. Like, what are you doing? It's oh yeah, you're letting down the whole country. I just want to go out with my friends at a at a venue, and I can't because they just they just they just I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're struggling. But before we get onto that, and we talk about politics or whatever we're here to talk footy so zach who put on a report this week i got i got two things this week so honestly eked me a bit first one and to be honest i've been sitting on this for, for weeks and i know a lot of fans have out there but braith and Asta, nrl commentary it honestly ruins my fox league experience you have to watch him mute almost he's so bad he can't even speak english yeah, like seriously, like, like fair enough, you played NRL, like you're fairly experienced, like you got a little bit of social life going, like everyone knows he misses, but I don't understand, like he's just so dumb and like he tried to quote what Wayne Bennett said about execution every single time the Bunnies made a mistake and like I don't know whether it was because I was a Bunnies fan, but oh, like painful to watch, like it honestly wants me to flick onto Channel 9 all the time now. You can't, you got to have more on your resume than played footy <laughs> to, to make, get a commentating job surely yeah. like it's just surely we check his napland test or something <laughs> like, played, I played more than 200 games tick alright you can just go talk on TV for the rest of your life he's so shit well Zach for me my report my on report this week is Microsoft Word it's not footy related so for everyone that knows uh, or wants to know how we set up this podcast we film this we record this on Tuesday night and we on a Monday night, we get down, we sit down and we think about what we want to write and we make a run sheet of everything we're going to do. So we did that. We stayed up late last night. We wanted to be more prepared. That's one thing we were told each other. We want to be more prepared to improve this show. And we did that. And then I guess it's on me, but I'm putting on Microsoft Word. It's just disappeared. I've saved it on my desktop and it's gone. So everything that we're doing right now is on the fly pretty much, more or less. So um Bear with us. Hopefully, it's still just as good as the others, but uh, we'll see how we go. Yeah, honestly, we went deep on some stats and some research, and like I was going deep into the app. And like everyone who knows the Supercoach app, or even like some of the tipping websites, it's just so hard to navigate. So I got one extra on report. Mm-hmm. It's not really on report, more just something I'm noticing and something that I think maybe the NRL could change or NRL coaches. But the amount of times wingers and fullbacks are going to catch a high ball like a bomb, but it's like. 15 metres out, it's a trash kick and they drop the ball or they knock it on into the opposition player and then the other team gets a repeat set. It's honestly a bit of a killer. And like, I just think, like, surely let the guy take the catch and then just tackle straight away. I feel like it's a more effective strategy. With that, but like, what's, stop, what's stopping them catching it and then the quick pass? Because then you kind of, you're really liable for that. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, can't you just, the ball's going up, you can just surround the ball, the, whoever's going to catch the ball, have players everywhere around it, just tackle. Because I feel like you're just going to limit that mistake. And often the op- opposition player, if they go up, they can knock the ball on as well. But is that not escorting? Oh, no. I mean, just like stand around and like just grab them. But like, I'm not an NRL coach, like, nor, like, nor are you. So let's just move on. Hmm. All right. So we'll move on to our tips and punts. So this is where we like to help you win your tipping comp, whether that be at work or in your family. We're just going to provide you with a game-by-game analysis, tell you who's in, tell you who's out, where they're playing, who we think is going to score, what we think is going to happen, anything that you might not know, a bit of news. But before we get into that, we'll start with how we went last week, Zach. Please tell us, or please tell everyone. Yeah. Well, so for the on-report fund that we've started 
we pulled a bit of money together and we've been putting on a little bet each week. Uh, we won again this week. We had either team to win by eight or less in the Thursday night game between Penrith and South. So that was a last-minute tick as well with Alex Johnson getting over the line. Then we had Melbourne half or double, which was pretty Gucci. And then we had Parada win, which was a lucky one in the end. So we're on our way, second win under the belt. And uh, this week is looking mighty spicy. We could get a little bit extravagant. Yeah, it's it's. This is what we want. Like two, three weeks in, and now you, because if if you don't know what we're pretty much doing is we're trying to find value to double our money, and then just put all of that on, or maybe like ninety five percent of that on again, and then double it and double it. So really, by the end, I hope we're, we're betting quite large amounts. That started off like five dollars each. In other news, try scorers last week, Zach. We we're just going off again on top of our heads because all our notes are gone. But I from memory, we've got B J Lelua, correct? We've got Ryan yep. Madison, correct? Anything else? Uh, we had Luke Keery as well. And then there's a couple unders overs. Unfortunately, our tipping though, that's the one we should probably talk yeah, about next. Yeah, see, that's what's really irking me. And I'm almost close to putting myself on report because for those loyal listeners and those, those fans of myself, I know there's a few of you out there, um, I, was, I was pretty strongly in favor of uh, Cowboys. Um, very, very, very strongly in favor of the Titans and the Sharks. And I just... Maybe Zach's persuaded me to go the other way. I don't know, but I just didn't have um, the kahunas to go for it. And I, I'll stick my hand up for that, but I'm not happy because it could have been seven from eight, that's for sure. But see, this is exactly what we were talking about last week when we did five-episode review. I'm talking about fence-sitting, and I was, I was waiting for you to come in with the clutch. All right, we're tipping Titans, and you take the computer away and you tip them. But it didn't happen. But I'm hoping this week. I'm hoping this week. But uh, yeah. five from eight, it wasn't shocking. It was about average, so... We'll yeah, take it I'll, I'll start to wear the pants in this relationship, all right? All right, let's go move on to the first game. Who do we have up? We have, oh, huge one, Melbourne and Roosters. Yeah, Monster Clash, really. Monster Clash. Uh, feels like they haven't played each other for a while now, actually. And it's a yeah, uh, pretty interesting ins and outs for this one. Uh, we'll start with the Roosters. Huge injuries last week. Two ACLs in one game. Like, that's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, lucky they're not playing at Bankwest this week. So we're looking at... And also massive ins, James Tedesco in, Josh Morris in, and a couple of other guys. Matt Butcher replacing uh, Radley. Um, massive out for the Storm and it's Cameron Munster. So that is huge. And Riley, Riley Jacks comes in in his replacement. Uh, yeah. This this game's at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. Uh, 7.50 on a Thursday night. Zach, what have we noticed from Thursday night games um, in terms of how the game's played? Yeah, oh, it's like it's that whole factor that everyone's talking about having this Jew everywhere and Teams are struggling a little bit to hold the ball, but I feel like it's one of those ones, especially that we've watched in recent games, especially with the Broncos. Once one team has momentum, kind of punishes the other team and they, and they can't really get back to the game. So I feel like the team is starting the fastest here and it looks like the Roosters have been doing it week in, week out. Could run away with this one. And that's why I know you might like a 13 plus here. Yeah, I, I just have a special little feeling. It's going to be like a... Oh, I've got to do my maths here to figure out what would 18... Uh, 13 plus would be, but like uh, 18 4. Is that equal? Yeah, yeah like an 18 4, something like that, something like 20 to 6. I don't know, something like that. I reckon it's going to be low scoring, but 13 plus in a way. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think Cameron Munster it just kills this team. Like, you've got Camp Smith still there, you've got a good back line, Pappenhausen, like he turned up last week, but without Cameron Munster for this whole season, I don't think they'd be in the same position they are in and for previous years as well. I just think Bruce is going to be too classy here, despite not having Bradley. Yeah, and I think the you can already see this slight decline of the, the storm. So to take out their main man, uh, excluding Smith, it's really going to affect them. So I run through the recent history. 14-6 uh, in the finals last year at the SCG, Roosters. 14-12 Adelaide Oval to the storm. 21-20 field goal from Luttrell uh, back in round six last year at Amy Stadium. That was a huge upset. If you go back even further uh, in the finals again, 21-6 to the Roosters. So they pretty much go a win each. I think low scoring 13-plus is my uh, submission. What about you, Zach? Finish yeah, that. I like that. I think neither team score 30 or even neither team score 20. I don't mind Joey Marner just scoring this one as well. I feel like he's really hit some form recently and yeah. he's my nice boy. He's, so how nice was his flick pass? Holy do yeah. it. Like, that's when I feel like Joey's, I know he's coming good because yeah. he just does what he wants. All right, uh, moving on. Raiders and Dragons. Interesting one. Like if I looked at this three weeks ago, I would have thought bread and butter, don't even talk about it. Like 
it's going to be 40 plus to the Raiders. But in recent form, a couple of question marks. And I think that's why you can see that, well, the Raiders, they're a dollar 24, but I think the f- big factor there is that they're at GIO. So they're back in Canberra now. Yeah, that's huge. I think a Friday night, it is getting very cold here in Canberra now. So I, for me personally, I'm thinking unders. Under 40 was, is a good bet. And I don't know, maybe like under 40 and then plus St. George, 10.5. Because I reckon it'll be close, like just given that the fact there won't be many points. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. I think just after watching St. George last week, at one stage they were up with, I think, 30 to go. It was mm. 12-10 against the, a good Roosters. They had like an injury, injured Roosters, but still a good Roosters. And I think... Lomax hits some form. Dufty just looks like he's just got to be in that oh, team. That cutout ball to Arnold. Honestly, class. Yeah, um, like he's playing well. And they're sticking with that method of bringing Cunt off the bench. And I think that's, that works for them. So I think this would be a close close game, but I, I, we are tipping Canberra to win this one. I think Raiders are doing – they're just getting by and I can't really see them getting – they they have such quality across the park, so I think they're going to get wins. But I just – I don't know if they're the same team as last year, especially without Bateman. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they got huge, huge outs. Corey Horsburgh gone after a bit of a, a fiery slash teary exchange with um, the poor redhead. Um, and Jordan Rapana uh, is also out. All right, so Raiders there. Uh, moving on to Eels-Cowboys. Zach, tell me about it. Yeah, so Friday night game at Bank West. Like, I'm surprised they're going to let people play at Bank West after all injuries, but what are you going to do? Big one, Mitch Moses not playing. Huge one, really. Yeah, massive. Like, like, well, we'll see how ma- massive it is because Dylan Brown is such an exceptional player and it seemed like he was getting a lot of the ball most of the time. And if we get our stats up, they've been scoring uh, 50% of their tries down his side with when you got uh, Michael Jennings in form, Sean Lane doing everything he can besides score last week and uh, Siva on the left. Like That is their strike side, excluding Madison. So... He's obviously clearly their best player or one of their best players, but is he going to be that much of a loss where you might tip against him? Because like, oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Dylan Brown. So what do you reckon? I think like they've got enough experience around him. In Madison's played minutes there in the halves as well as Gutherson's really done a, a big job in step, stepping up and doing some kicking this year as well. I think they'll be all right. Interesting thing to think about is their right side defense. Though. They have caught their most tries down there. I think it's 70%. So yeah. Whether that's going to improve without Moses or it's not, it's an interesting one to think about. Oh, you stick Jai Field in there. I don't, I don't know if it improves too much. But, uh, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, we'll I wonder if he's going to actually start. We'll see. Um, Valentine Holmes apparently is going to be given every single chance he can to play. So, wait and see on that. I don't know if that sways. I don't know. It might sway me. I don't think so. Um, another big inclusion, Jordan McLean. That adds a bit of grunt up front. Uh, are we thinking anything in particular for this, Zach? I think you think you like someone to score a double here. Yeah, I think Michael Jennings. Honestly, I've never really been a big fan of him, but just been impressive. And like he's in his old age, he's been on fire. And Dil- I think Dylan Brown's going to get a lot more ball on that side, so could be really nice. Michael Jennings in good form, double for him. I think into a I think para half full double in this. I can't see Cowboys matching their class. So for those that don't know, we have the Bible and that's where we collate uh, who they played, who they, whether they won or loss, margin for some of the games, stadium, score, halftime score, total points, all this stuff. And we're just going to run you through the total points for the Cowboys because they're just a typical try-for-try team. This is total points. 52 points, 56 points, 63 points, 42 points, 42 points, 40 points, and 49 points. I think both these teams can score a stack of points and I reckon – Overs at around 40.5, I think is looking really, really good. Yeah, for sure, I reckon. I think that's a good one. But I think, just so everyone knows, we're going Eagles tipping that one. I think they're going to be top three, top four all year. Yep. Okay, Titans Sharks this is an interesting one. What do you reckon, Zach? Honestly, good on the Titans for doing a job last week. But I, I think the class of the Sharks in this one, afternoon game, SJ in good form, Townsend starting to show some decent form as well. Sione Katoa scoring tries. I think it'll be close, closer than we expect, but um, Sharks, Sharks all the way in this one. Yeah, it looks like uh, Sharks are trying to hit from some form. SJ he was copping a lot of criticism, but he's really, he really came out. Hey, that connection between him and Katoa is just like Insane, yeah. they're doing wonders and pouring a quarter and Raymond in the middle of just getting no ball. Yeah. Okay, well, I think no more to add really to that. Sharkies, um, negative six looks all right there, I think. Yep. All right, moving on. Probably the hardest game of the round to tip. Uh, Warriors-Broncos. 
Yes. Where do we start? Like after, I, I know where you're coming from in this one. It's hundred percent a Warriors line because we hate the Broncos on this podcast. And honestly, I'm joining you on that after watching their game last week. 5.30 game, I think the Warriors could have a bit of fun in this one. And their, their back six, back seven looks real class. I just, I don't, I don't, like, if the Broncos produce something for me to talk about and get around, like, I'm happy to tip them. But it's just, we just every time we tip the Broncos, especially, like, last week, it's just, like, potential. And it's just, like, it's a bit of history. And it's, like, I was comparing it to, on the weekend, like, follow the soccer, like, Broncos is pretty much Manchester United. And, like, sometimes you just, that, that brand clouds, clouds your tipping. But they're, yeah. like, if you take it off the value, this team hasn't won a game post-COVID. They suck. Like, Warriors, I think they just spat the dummy last week. They sacked their coach. They're heaps upset. La, 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 Like, they just they just threw the toys out of the cot there. And I reckon hopefully they bounce back a little bit. And they've shown. They've shown they can win games where Broncos have yeah. scored 12 points I agree. in the second half. They've got a bit more consistency in their lineup now as well. And I like Fusatua, Ken Mamala. That's big power coming back out on those return of kicks. And I think RTS... There's a moment in the season where he comes alive and against a pretty shocking Broncos team with like a shocking, like their outside backs, like there's not a lot there really at all. I think he could come really good this. And I know you like him for a try. Yep, I'm really liking him for a try. I definitely think overs. And I'm, I kind of think I like Darius Boyd to score. Uh, in his last game as a Bronco, yeah. <laughs> Before he gets drops and retires. Uh, anyway, so yep, things else to add, Zach, or are we submitting worries? Yeah, happy to submit Warriors there. And I think that's our first pick for an upset of the round. Yeah. Uh, West Tigers, Panthers. Tricky one. Tricky one. What do you reckon, Zach? Yeah. I think both teams struggle a bit of form. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, when I look at these two, and after watching Panthers last week and the job they did on the Bunnies, they're really classy. And they can grind and they can put points on. And I just compare the packs you take Twile out. I think this is the perfect game where Alex Twile needed to play and needed to be there. Take McKaylee out now as well. Musgrove out. You've lost a lot of experience there and just like just tough forwards. And I think against a big, mobile, informed Panthers pack, that's where the game's won in this one. And I think Clear will just have fun off the back of that. I I was pretty staunchly for Penrith, and I also like Mansour to score, but. Now that I'm talking about it, and look, we're just going, we're just going with the flow of this podcast. All the planning's kind of got out the window, and I think we've only tipped one upset. There's going to be more than that. We know that. I think I almost kind of want this one to be the upset. Looking at the other games, I we'll get to them, but I just I don't know. Yeah, I like I can see what you're saying, and I think maybe when Madge just went through and cleaned out his team, said, "Hey, Benji, like just take some photos on the sideline. This is the team we're going to play with now." They have been improved and they haven't lost since. And uh, Sorry, they, they lost the Raiders, but they've been really competitive and then dominant on the weekend. If you look at the history as well, I might give you a little bit more. The last game, previous meeting, 30-4 to four to the Tigers. So I don't know if we're going to get an exact result similar, but something to think about. And then but before that, it was 9-8 Tigers. Uh, sorry, 9-8 Penrith and 16-2 to Penrith as well. So... There is a result there that does favor the Tigers, uh, and that's the most recent result. Me personally, I'll be tipping Penrith, but maybe at the line, Tigers plus 4.5 could be one of those ones. Look, I'm doing it. Put me down for Tigers. I like I like Tigers here. That's that's my, my smile that I've set for this round. Ah, beautiful. So, Lou Iron Man sort of score, but Tigers win. That's good. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, next up, the two bounce back teams, Manly versus Knights. What do you think? Yeah, 405 back at Lotto Land. It's good for those Manly boys. Nice, uh, easy drive for the Troyvish brothers just across the road. For me, this one, uh, Newcastle. I, I saw a lot from Manly last week that just looked like they just shattered after losing Tommy T. And in attack, it just looked like child's play, honestly. Like they weren't going anywhere. It was sideways. Yeah, there's some huge ins. Uh, we're looking at. Uh, Bradman Best, massive in for the Newcastle Knights. And then Moses Sully. So I think they they square up against each other, actually. Yeah. So that'd be a good centre battle there. I just think there's just a turbo-sized hole in Manly's squad. And you can just you can see it. DCE just hasn't been playing fantastic. And there's just no um, connectivity between him and Croker. And like you were saying earlier on the week, Zach, just they've, when they didn't have turbo last year, there was this creative spark coming from Coruscant. And they... They definitely don't have that in Danny Levi. So, 
I think uh, one thing that could sway my way towards Manly is just the fact that Fanua Blake looked like he's absolutely on one. And like all that pre-COVID KFC binging for him is just out the window now and he's on one. But I think if there's a forward pack to sort him out, other than, you know, the, the elite elite forward packs, I think Clemmer, Saifidi can do an absolute job on him um, and really lock him down because he did score two last week, but I can't see that happening again this week. So I'm confident tipping the Knights in this one. And I think it should be Knights half full double getting off to a, a blinder. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like Sharon Mitaudio to score. I like over points. And we're going to say Lachlan Fitzgibbon again because, again, he did everything but score a try last week. So he's, he's, he's got to go over sooner or later. All right. Last game, Bunnies, Bulldogs, Zach V. Josh. The on-report derby. What do we think? Mm, like, I just I can't really talk about anyone else. <laughs> South, this one. Like, this is going to be the worst yeah. to listen to. It's just two guys who support their teams to talk about why you should tip their team. I'll give yeah. you why you should tip the Bulldogs. Ah, you go. Yeah, okay. Look, don't have a lot to say, unfortunately. Luke Thompson hopefully makes he makes a bit of a day. He makes his debut. Uh, we're missing Hopawati, who's probably been our best player. Uh, but it does look okay. It's the, it's the best 17 we can put together. Jack Alavira, probably one of our best players that have been also one of our best other players this year, has is down out with a head knock. Yeah. Um, like, see, if, as a, if I was a Dogs fan or someone who wanted to tip the Dogs, I don't think you were very convincing there. So, <laughs> like, that nice work, but that's okay. I think just the, the Bunnies, yes, they, they got beaten by, I think, a very good Penrith team. And the, just some of the mistakes they were making in that game were just, like, unforgiving. And it, it goes back to that Braith and Aston thing where he says execution, execution. But mm-hmm. I feel like against the Dogs, you get more of a chance to execute. I like that we've kept a similar team... Uh, and I, I honestly, I, I think this will be 13 plus and this will really end a, a great week that it could be in terms of tipping and super coach because I, I like some of the tips this week. Yeah, look, I'll, I, I'll be tipping bunnies, but I do like 11.5 line. I think I'll get around the dogs for that and I think it'll be unders. All right, so that's the tip section done. We'll just quickly run through the review of that. So uh, you have them ready. Roosters, I like under, under points, but 13 plus for roosters. I think there's a bit of value there. Raiders, I think Whitehead's been hot lately, so that left-hand side looks good. Cold Night in Canberra, unders for me. Para, over points, and I like Dylan Brown or Sean Lane to score. And Sharks, negative uh, 6.0 line. What about you, Zach? Next four games. Then we're going uh, Warriors. This is the first upset of the round, and I think maybe the only upset this week, which I, I'm a bit scared to say, but Warriors, and we lo- I like Fusatua to score in that one. Tigers, Penrith, we're split on that. I'm going Penrith. I think we'll go Penrith in the end. Manly Knights, Knights, Fitzgibbon to score, uh, and also Sione Mataltia. And then Bunnies, Bulldogs, it's going to be 48-2 to the Bunnies. And I think uh, Liam Knight to score in that one. And Latrell. Latrell, I like Latrell to score there. All right, so yeah. thanks for listening. Uh, and if you want to listen to Supercoach, that's coming up next. All right, guys, we'll move on to Supercoach now. That's what we've, what many of you have been waiting for. <laughs> What a week, Zach. Like, again, injuries galore. I cannot remember like a 10-day, 14-day stretch where there's just been this many issues and this many forced trades. Some, oh, it's, it's horrendous. How'd you go last uh, week? Honestly, like talking to one of, like, one of our mates who just started playing Supercoach this year and he messaged us and he goes, is this, have you, is this ever happened before? And then, honestly, I thought about it and like, I've been playing for a couple of years now and it's, it's pretty crazy and it's forcing a lot of trade, which is really killing like the whole idea of planning your team. Because yeah. You've been so frustrating. I came off the top 2% score last week into just a horrendous 980 or 990 this week. It was just, it wasn't great. I had Luttrell score nine. I had, I had a whole heap of stinky players. Jacob Vero score like 17 or whatever, but I did captain yeah. Madison. So that was good for me. He scored like a 194. What about you, Zach? How'd you go? Yeah, not not too bad, uh, not fantastic. I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to rank a lot higher with a score of ten forty seven. Like I feel like breaking a thousand was good this week, but turns out other people did quite well. And if you have a look at the numbers, there were a lot of players turning up. So if you had a couple of them, it was a good round for you. But I was happy. I lost a couple of ranks, but it's, it's moving on to this week, really. Yeah, in our run sheet, we had like a list. It was like ten or so players that scored hundred or thereabouts. Like. Yeah. Huge week, and they'll they'll come of them. A couple of them weren't too highly owned, so I think that's where some of the high scores and people really moved up in the ranks, and just shows yeah. the power of a pod. So, given all these injuries, we're going to run through this supercoach section a little bit differently. 
the halves have just been decimated. So we're probably going to talk mostly about the halves in this podcast, and then we'll touch on the other on the other parts for a bit. We're a bit strapped for time here, so bear with us. Yeah. So the biggest two, Cameron Munster, Mitch Moses, both injured, not long term injuries, but in this season, the way it is, they're a sell. You don't want to be sitting without much cash on the bench. And then Munster at twelve percent ownership, Moses at twenty six percent ownership. He's also got Moses has got 117 break even. He lost 63 3K this week. Unfortunately, for a, a player that looked like a, a, a gun and a, and a keep for the season, he's turned to a quick, quick sell. Yeah, I just he's first for like you said, like a gun, end up being priced at 450, even if he didn't get injured this week. Like that's not great. Especially yeah, when clear he's pushing 650, 625 or whatever. Like yeah. yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, we'll move through our options. So like I just mentioned, Nathan Cleary doesn't need any introduction really. Price is $611,000 and a BE42 and a stellar performance last week, even though he had probably the rudest head that walked onto a footy field. He has a five-round average of 77.4 and his next three games are Tigers, Sharks and Cowboys. His average against those teams, so when he played them, that is 73.7, 73 and 67.3 respectively. So by far, he's he's the best option, don't you reckon, Zach? Yeah, I think 100%. Like I've, I've weighed up all the options and I've gone through like legit every option and he's clear-cut 10 points ahead averaging above everyone else. You've got to pay extra, but you just know what you're going to get. And he's also hugely fixture-proof, which is the big thing in the halves. Yeah, massive. And like we, we said last week, it's it's Cleary, Daylight, Moses, and then Daylight. So, oh, SJ's making a bit of a run. He, it's hard because he just leaves this 200K hole to get to, get to Cleary now. So... You, like you just you need to find a way to get him. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's just no two ways about it. But if you can't afford him, Zach, is there anyone else? Yeah, there's a couple of other options. Uh, SJ as well, the one we could talk about him a little bit later because he is dual position. But he's at 547k, so he bottomed out and he's on his way back up now. He's got a break even of 35. His five round average 63.4, but his three round average more impressive six uh, 78. And with his run of the Titans. Then Penrith, which is not great, but then the Warriors and the Dragons, I think it could be monstrous. And, I, and he's a bit cheaper, so that 50K extra discount from Cleary would be very nice. Mm. Yeah, it's he's, he's definitely, for me personally, he's someone I'm looking at as well, just for that, at that cheaper price. And I don't know if you mentioned, Zach, 35 break even. Like that's, he's, he's going to go up. He's really, he's bottomed up and he's gone way back up. Exactly. And I think just, the one thing that you've got to go with a bit of caution with SJ is that he could just shoot himself in the hammy and not yep. play for eight weeks and then yep. come back and play one minute. Like he's one of those players that you're on a huge roller coaster. And for people who have him right now, you're on the up bit and it could easily go down. So yeah, we could be definitely. Back, so, so that's exactly. that's the issue with him. There's also Dylan Brown, D Bags. He's got only scored forty one last week, but he's priced at around five hundred K. He's got a break even at eighty one and he's fourteen percent owned. So He's not, besides him as a player, purely on his stats, he's not looking too desirable. But he's also, again, someone I'm considering because I, I I also have Munster, so I need to get rid of a 5 as well. So I'm now tossing up between SJ and Dylan. He has a 55.6 five-round average and a 48.3 three-round average. So he's definitely on the decline since starting the season on fire. I think the, the thing that's going to look really nice for him potentially is that there's no Moses. So I think he could just even be getting more ball on top of the huge amount of ball that he's getting at the moment. And if Jennings keeps his form, Sevo keeps his form, even Laney on the inside, could be very nice for him in terms of try assist as well. Yeah, so that's really what... If you're, you're, if you're buying Dylan Brown, this is, your, this is what you're thinking. You just think he's, he's going to get the ball. He's the man. I just hope... I feel like when he's not the man, he's second fiddle to Moses... He just has that license to just kind of like stuff around a bit and just like jink around. He doesn't really have to worry about where they are and on the park. He just when they're in their twenty, he can just do whatever he wants. So hopefully that doesn't take away from him too badly. But he does have Cowboys, Knights, and Manly. Manly struggling at the moment, so it's not looking too bad. And most of those games are probably going to be at Bankways. So we'll see how they go. There's someone to consider. Uh, next up, Flanagan Zach. Yeah, not not a player I thought we'd talk about so much this year, but. Scored 61 on the weekend. Wasn't fantastic, but still take 61 and halves. He's at 570K, so he is a bit expensive. Like he's almost, he's actually more expensive than SJ. 
10% owned, 86 break even. So he could drop a little bit in, in value, especially against the Storm. But he's got a five-round average of 72.4. And for a player that people had question marks on whether he was going to keep his spot all year, that's quite fantastic. And if they keep rolling on as the Roosters are doing right now and he keeps getting chances to kick as well as score tries off little support players, could be a great option. And he's fairly potted at only 10% owned. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing with him. He's... You think you would have thought by now his tries have dried up, but he just find he honestly just finds that try per game support play scores under the post converts. There's like twenty five points. He just exactly yeah. You take that away, he's probably not looking too good. But if you think he can keep that up, then uh, maybe he can. Uh, you can entertain the idea of buying him. Uh, his partner in crime, Luke Keary, scored eighty last week, five hundred eight thousand dollars and a fifty break even. What a try from him, Zach. When he did, yeah, they're going to kick like, to the corner and just right foot step under the post. Like great to watch Luke Kiry. So and and sometimes he's very super coach relevant. Like he's eighty on the weekend. You take that. But if I had to look through all these options, I would. There's probably two or three players that I rank ahead of him. And after we go through the segment, it's just clear that it's Cleary, Daylight, and then it's honestly Moses not even in there anymore because well, obviously he's not playing. The last one that's quite interesting, and he's a fairly potted at only 3% owned, is um, Cody Walker. What do you think of Cody Walker, Josh? Look, I had him at the start here. I thought he was a huge pod, and he's someone I'll consider. Uh, he's someone that I considered because I thought bunnies were going to do really well, and I just loved that left side of the bunnies. I just thought, especially when you add Latrell in, I just thought that was that was all class. But bunnies haven't really lived up to the height walker's been okay he's got a five round average of 60.2 and a three round average of 62.7 his next three are the bulldogs titans and knights titans and knights he's both averaged 78 against them so he is someone that i think i can entertain the idea of of getting it's just i'm just really tossing up in my head three factors pod potential but is that pod worth it if the only if they're obviously going to score more than the more highly owned players and yep. to price. So there are three factors to weigh up, but like he's, he's super coach, he's super coach um, class. So you, you can't go too wrong with getting him. Yeah. And before we go on and pretty much name every player that can possibly play as a half, a um, couple of notif- notables that are options. They're a little bit cheaper. Well, one of them is a little bit cheaper. George Williams, what does it mean? Not too bad. And I own him at the moment. I'm happy to have him and I'm not looking to move him on anytime soon. Against the Dragons this week as well. So it's a pretty favorable draw coming up for the Raiders. If they can catch a bit more attacking form, I think he could be good. The last one that I find really interesting, and after looking at his stats, I was quite surprised, Cody Nicarima. Scored 62 on the weekend in a team that got a half a century scored against them. 3% owned. And his next, his, um, his next three are the Broncos, Titans, and Sharks. And I think that could be really fantastic for him in terms of getting his attacking stats. Mm, you you definitely um got to have a bit about you buying him, but like he starts to speak for himself so far. Uh, DCA DCA is probably want to mention without Turbo, he's probably more responsibility lays on his shoulders, a bit like Dylan Brown. So he might be one to get. I wouldn't really go near him. He's struggling. I know someone that has him in their team, and he just wants to get him out, but he can't really. So um, stay away from there and don't go chasing points with Clifford and Ash Taylor. Yeah, there's not much to say there. Just just don't do it. All right, moving right along to center wing. We decided to break this up into a couple of sections. So we're going to talk about the gun players that are over 500K, um, those priced in the middle, and then the cheapies. So Zach, run us through the guns. Yeah, so a couple of monster 500K pluses and probably three of these guys you really want to look to get in your final four as your center wing. Uh, Nofo, 116 on the weekend. He's 658K with a break even of 40, which is quite insane. Uh, and he's got a five-round average of 85.4. So that just really speaks for itself. Nofo is just being a gun. Yeah, I, I honestly I honestly, I didn't believe he was going to keep this up, but he still does. And I guess with Tigers becoming a, bit, a more relevant team and they're really attacking that right side, he, he just gets on the end of that and he scores tries and he breaks tackles. So if you have the cash, I don't know if you can go too wrong by getting him. Yeah, and like if you watch him play as well, he's just so funny. Like, and the mm-hmm. tries he scores as well, they're hilarious. Like, crazy intercepts, like bounce off his head. Like, he never scores an easy, just put down catch, put down try, yeah. which is great for super coach as well. And it's clearly shown, like, in his average and what he's scoring. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's a good Campbelltown boy, so you can get around him. Uh, Brett Morris scored 103 with a hat trick. You just 
sometimes I just wish we listened to our own advice and got and got him three weeks ago. Uh, seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. It's just it's insane. Break even of eighty-two, but who's to say he won't get that? Uh, he yeah. has a five-round average of ninety-one point eight, so he he's highly likely to get that. But they are versing the storm, so it is a bit tricky. Um, I think the boat. I don't know because he's just pumping out scores. Like has a has a boat passed? Oh, I just think I can't. I can't find seven hundred twenty four k like anywhere amongst my team at the moment. Like he's he's one of those players I'll dream about having, but I don't think I can touch him until he has either a shocker and loses heaps of cash or something happens crazy or I find more cash under my wallet. I don't. I'm not sure. But the next two I think are more likely, and they're players that you do actually want to be having. And they're a bit more affordable. Yeah, so as I, as I, you know, uh, 62 last week, that's okay for him. He's always, um, if you watch Channel 9, he's always um, up the top of the, the VB hardest workers in our points index there. He's doing fantastic yeah. playing that lock. Uh, 575K with 72 break even. So like we said a couple of weeks ago, it's just we're getting to that point where their break even is somewhat close to the average. So they're, they're going to go up a little bit. They'll go down a little bit if they have a good week or a bad week. It just is what it is. Um, he's got a five-round average of 74. So there you go, 74 average, 72 break-even. It's even and out. Uh, he's a favorable draw coming up, so hopefully he can jag a few attacking stats. Um, if you don't have him, I think whether you get him in second row or center doesn't really matter anymore. He's just good for 70 points a week. Yeah, Joshy Mansell, 553K, 81 break-even. Got a five-round average of 71.2. I think... The base that he turns out with Penrith rumbling, Cleary back in the team permanently now. I think he could be a fantastic option. And I like to have him. I don't personally have him at the moment. I was happy that he wasn't named uh, as a late withdrawal for that Thursday night game as a Bunnies fan as well as a non-owner. But Manzor has churned out and he's, he's killing it at the moment. Awesome. So now we're just going to talk about a couple of players that are in this price bracket, but they're really, really high risk. And I guess what comes with that is super tri-dependent. Uh, Sion Katoa, insane try scoring form, a negative nine break even. He's just, he's been on fire, but somewhat have to say he just can't keep that up. So be wary of that when you bring it in, but negative nine break even. So he, he can yeah. definitely get that. Also got the Titans this week and like they've got a pretty good draw. So me selling Katoa now is honestly just getting stinkier and stinkier every time he scores a hat trick or a double. I kill him, honestly. Yeah, it's no good. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, who I brought in last week to score nine after getting Simbin. Like for me personally, if you have Latrell and there's so many other issues going on, like you just have to keep him and hope he comes well. He's got the Bulldogs, so hopefully Jags a try there, but I don't think I'll be looking to get him in. Uh, Daniel Tupo, Zach, you've been preaching his name all year. Yeah, like hasn't been plugging out those 100 pluses like a lot of the other center wing players like Nofo, Brett Morris, even Katoa to an extent, but good base. He's not as risky as like Katoa or Latrell or even Kyle Felt to an extent, the next one we're talking about. Um, so he's one to consider if you do have that cash and you can't really afford to go top, top dollar. And the last one to keep your eye on is on Stags and whether he comes back to the team. Another high-risk player that could either go on a run or go bust. Yeah, so we'll move on to the mid-rangers now. These are players that you probably wouldn't really be going out of your way to buy them, but if you're just stuck at a certain price point, if you don't have too much cash or you just you need to generate cash, maybe you, you get some of these guys up. Kurt, man, just to give keeps on giving. Like, if you have him, congratulations. Uh, probably wouldn't be buying him. Lomax and Dewey, they look like absolute mud at the start of the season, and they're coming, they're coming good, and it's just fantastic to see. They're solid base, and they're starting to score a couple of cheeky little tries, so you can do a lot worse than them too. Uh, Joey Manu, Zach? Yeah, see, I never thought I'd be talking a good word about him. Like, I live by every tackle he makes when I'm watching him on the weekend, but... He's found a lot of form. He's getting a lot of action. He's getting amongst it. Teddy back into the team. So they're going to go both ways. Pretty nice. And they've got a good run after the storm. At a 19 break even, he can only go up. So I really like Joey. And I think he could start hitting some tries in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you can definitely see he's getting a bit more involved. I know he just played fullback, didn't he? But you can you can see he's getting more involved. Uh, yeah. After storm, they do have a good run. And for someone that is often dubbed as the best center in the game, and only priced at $440,000, I think I think he might be worth the risk right now. And he's, he's again to, I think, we're not halfway yet, but I think it's, same, same with tips, actually, we've got to mention that I think you've got to start making your role now. You've got to start making your plays to get yourself in a good position because you can't 
you're not going to be able to go four weeks out and like, all right, I want to win this now. Yeah. And I think uh, one little potentially pot option, Michael Jennings, uh, only 2% owned and he's in red hot form without cracking a big 90, 100 plus score as well. He's got a five round average of 68.2 and there could be potentially even more ball coming his way with Dylan Brown taking a little bit more possession. And just these players that we've talked about, they're pretty good upgrade options for your Kotricks, Croker, Ferguson, even Fui Maono to an extent. You know, Will Kennedy and Hampton are out of favour as well. There's a lot of players, even Shibasaki, DWZ, Masters, they're a little bit under that 400k bracket now or just sitting on it. So if you want to look for a player that's churning out 50, 60 and even a try here and there, they're a good option, uh, the ones we just named. Pre-season, the cheapies on offer kind of look quite dire, didn't they? But now as we've – it's kind of been nice as the season's gone on. There's always just kind of been one available to get. So we'll, we'll run through them. Uh, Tommy Talao, $208,000, negative 27 break even after scoring 72 with, um, with two tries against the Bulldogs. I think – He's probably the best one. Would you agree, Zach, to bring in? Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I've tried to rank. I went through them and I had a look at them because I don't really need them at the moment. But Tommy Talao at the top. I think Funa is probably second there. 242K, so he's a little bit more expensive. Negative 25 break even. He's got a fair draw. It's not awesome. But if Manly are just a good side. So I think if he can draw a bit of fruit there and DC can start lifting, it could be nice for him. Yeah, so then the next two we've got are Hammer and Xavier Coates. That was a toss-up last week. Hammer or Coates, Hammer or Coates. Everyone went Coates against the Titans. And obviously, Hammer against the Knights, who were expected to get pumped. And they just, like, what did Coates score? Nine or something? Yeah, it's not ridiculous. Yeah, so Coates still does have a favorable draw. But the thing with me and the Broncos and saying they have a favorable draw, they're the worst They're the worst team in the league. So every, every game they come up against, like, it's hard. Like at his price, and the kid's obviously a good player, so you can't go wrong. But um, I think at the other price points, and same with testing you, they're just like you, you, they're going to be relying on attacking stats, and you, the, the, you can't get attacking stats when your team's scoring zero or six points a game. So yeah, exactly, yeah, take your pick from um, the ones above. All right, moving right along to the front row forwards, we won't talk about Haas just yet, but there's just we always said it that they're going to take a while to warm up post COVID, get a bit fitter, get more involved, and they're, like, they're, there's a real big pack uh, that is starting to come through and led by um, Adam Fanua Blake. Scored 140 points, Zach. How good did he look? Yeah, honestly. Like, and, and that was late in the game as well when he, he charged over for two tries. Like, honestly, huge. And as a, as a person with a little sports bet, little multi going with uh, Fanua Blake on, it was lovely for him to get over the line. Another one, the Newcastle boys just keep on ticking along. And in a team that lost and somewhat got dominated early, Clemmer, Saifidi, class, and, and they look like real solid 65-plus options that are going to continue going this season. Yeah, and Junior Paulo, he is a machine. He's just – I really loved what Regan Campbell-Gillard and Madison said today. He's playing so well, but if you uh, if you watch him on the kick returns and stuff, he uh, he walks all the way back while they run. But um, <laughs> how could you blame when you probably weigh about 180 kilos? Yeah, just what a beast. Just offloads, like – Offload, if you didn't know, an offload into a person's hands is four points and an offload onto the ground bounces and they catch it is two points. And he is just pumping them out. He's just, oh, he's just fantastic to watch. And uh, I think he is a smoky for a Blues jersey. So he's like, no one goes near him because he just hasn't been typically relevant because he can't play the minutes. But he's he's changed that for sure this year. And he's just, he's looking fantastic. Uh, next, we'll just chuck in there Luke Thompson. Have to talk about him, especially now that he's a Bulldogs player. He's just... I don't know. Do you take the risk on him, Zach? I think, I think not at the uh, moment. Yeah, he's definitely. You got to wait and see. But there's been proven history of English forwards being, you know, absolutely coming to the NRL and killing it. So I love to wait and see. And I'm excited to see him because I've been watching his like training at home, COVID yeah. style stuff, which has been interesting. It's been interesting for the dogs. They really love that. So I'm definitely prioritizing, you know, uh, Fanua Blake and Clem and Saifidi and even Junior Paula now above him, but I'll watch and see. Yeah. All right, moving right along to the second row. Uh, we'll just, sorry, guys, we've got to quickly run through these because we just we talk so much about the halves and centers. Uh, Ryan Madison, just super coach gold. Like, he just keeps producing. He was my captain last week. Highest scoring player in the league. Just fantastic. Um, if you don't have him and you don't need to trade elsewhere, find a way to get him in. 
at a bonus that he's not playing six, I really thought that he was going to play six uh, or seven. Sorry, like sorry, sorry. Dylan Brown seven, Madison six. Lucky us, he's not. Uh, so yeah, look to bring him in. A couple of pot options, well, a couple of previously pot options, Zach, in Toru Harris. Yeah, monstrous. He scored eighty six in a in a team that caught fifty. And he keeps churning it out. I heard maybe little rumours that he wanted to go back home, but he's back in the NRL. Well, he's never left and he's killing it a bit. So I, I like him. Another one, Adam Elliott. I brought him in last week. A little bit of a discount under that 500K mark and beastly. Honestly, he deserved the try assist in that one as well. I reckon it was a wrong call from the bunker. Very nice little option. In the reverse, though, a couple stinkies. And we do like the term stinky on this pod. And I think these two definitely deserve it after... Pretty lackluster performances. Cam Murray and then Jai Arrow in a winning team as well. They're just below that elite level at the moment and consistently below it. Yeah, Jai Arrow is a funny one. I started with him and thanks to your advice, actually, Zach, I got Madison second round. But he's just, he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of hype about him. And sometimes, like, I can see when I'm watching, he's a fantastic player. But in terms of super coach, he's just, maybe it's just because of the Titans and then maybe at the Bunnies next year, he'll be a lot better. But, yeah, I just can't go. I just can't get around him. He's just he fluctuates a bit too much. Um, some notable performances though. Whitehead, what a dummy, and then splits the line to score the, the equaliser. He's been going fantastic. Tamalolo, he was just ticking along. He's just he's he's the reason why you, you spend seven hundred and eighty k to get in a year to get him because you just know you're gonna get that and more. All right, moving on. Hooker, again, nothing we can really spend too much time on. Grant, he's just he's fantastic and he's really pushing Cook and Smith and Appy really. Just oh he's fantastic to watch and I hope the Bulldogs can get him. <laughs> yeah, he's been honestly fantastic. And that Appy Grant combo just continues to be fruitful and really there's no signs of it stopping. Like there's been questions of when do I bring Cook in, when do I bring Smith in, when can I be potted? But these two com- combined are producing, you know, one fifty points combined a week easily. I really think that Grant is going to be the most informed hooker of the year and he's going to be a must-have by the end of the year for sure if you don't have him already. Yeah, fantastic. I don't have too much to add to that. So I think just be happy with Appy and Appy and Grant right now. When we have so many injuries and it's just so easy to have those two lock in, so uh, set and forgets. And just one other thing to think about is uh, the Panthers have copped the least amount of six again calls of any team recently and I'm not sure whether it's just, you know, referees don't like boys from out west or like whatever it is. But if the six again calls start coming, a couple extra penalties here and there, a bit more roll for, a bit more go, I think Appy could uh, gain from those and really thrive with some more attacking stats. Beautiful. All right, moving right along to fullbacks now. There's not, again, not a lot to say. It's just Ponga and Teddy versus the rest. There's not too much to say. If you, if you don't have them, get them if you have the capacity to. Uh, if you don't have the capacity, find the capacity to. But if you seriously can't, what should we do, Zach? I thought about this and I thought about this not heavily because I don't, I have both of them, but for a person like you, Josh, who I know you don't have them after last week's debacle, a Gutherson at the Parramatta Seals, 102, K, uh, 102 score last week, 556K. So he's almost 200K cheaper than Ponga and he's much, much cheaper than Teddy. 37 break even. It's only 4% owned as well. And I think he could get a lot more ball, even though he's getting a lot of ball, but without Moses there, could thrive a little bit more. I like him, man. I think uh, everyone should get around Guthrie now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll move on to some questions that we got. Hey, Zach and Josh, huge fan of the pod. Do you think it's crazy to be considering selling Haas? In saying this, who do you think are the two top props, two best props in 2020 season? Yeah, see, we thought about this as well this week. And it's interesting that uh, Matthew comes in with this question. But I think Haas... He'll be up there, of course, but I don't think he's so far above everyone else at the moment that it's not it, it, that it's crazy or even just a little bit silly to be thinking about, oh, he's a possible sell because you can ca- make some cash for downgrading to a player that's pretty similar. If you were saying this last year, it would be absolute blasphemy. Like, Supercoach God talked about being the absolute goat of Supercoach, but he's, he's getting less minutes. Broncos are really struggling. And with AFB... Uh, Clemmer, Speedy, they're pumping out almost equal scores and they're at a $200,000 discount for some of them. So I, I think, I honestly think there is enough reason for it and it's a pod because if you know eight, 70% of players have Haas locked in in their 13, 
or like in their 13, definitely their 17, and he scores 60, and your pod gets uh, 80, which is highly likely. Like, there's 20 points easy over two thirds of the competition. So I definitely think so. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think at the moment I can't entertain the idea with all the injuries, but something I'm keeping my eye out on. I wouldn't mind having a non-house team. Uh, so who would your top two forwards be come year end? Come year end, as in excluding Haas and we're going off highest average? Yes. I believe it will be AFB and Twal. Wow, interesting. Okay, beautiful. I forgot about Alex. Uh, shout out to him. Hope everything's going well with the recovery. Uh, uh, next question. First year playing Josh and Zach. I'm currently running with DC and Brown. Do you see these as long-term options? Should I seek better options? Beautiful. Thank you, Angus, for getting in, con- uh, in contact with us. Great to hear from you. And congratulations for joining the SC fraternity. It's great to have you. I like Dylan Brown as an option. And I think, as we spoke about Cleary, I think you look to get DC up to Cleary. I think DC is a good player and he's very good IRL in real life, that is. But Cleary is so far above the rest and you're going to be caught behind when he's turning out 70 average and then gets those 120s, which he can. So I think you'd be looking to get Cleary in as soon as possible. But it'd be great to have a look at your team uh, as a wider pitcher. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think, Zach, actually, you submitted this question. Uh, do you want to ask it? This last one, yes. All right, beautiful. Hi, guys. I currently do not have Grant. Yes. Uh, I had plans to bring him in, but injuries are killing me. Arg. Do you think <laughs> he's a must-have, even if I neglect other parts of my team? Look, Zach, glad you wrote in. Um, I believe he will end up as either the best or one of the top three best hookers of this season. Even though you're not, even though, even if you're not paying bottom dollar, like it, I know it's got to burn you that he was at 181k not long ago. But what was he, what's his break even? It's like negative 29 or something ridiculous. Like yeah. he, the guy, he's averaging like 60, 70, 80, and he's only at 300, 400k. Like he's going to get to 600 plus. So even if you get him in now, you will be making money off him. So I think with a five round average of 77. I think you got to get him if you might have to sacrifice. You say if you have Munstein, but you have G Williams on the bench or you have Lua on the bench, I think that's someone that you you play Lua, you play Williams, get Grant in before this week, and then you trade Munster the next week. Because I don't think his replacements aren't really like, in terms of price points, they're not screaming, buy me, otherwise you can't afford me soon. Beautiful. I'll see. Uh, I, personally, I didn't send that question in, so we'll, uh, we'll send that back to the, uh, the question asker. Oh, before we finish up, uh, we'll just run through what trades we're doing for this week. Very quickly, so I'm looking at, I have Moses and Munster, like I said, so I'm going to go Moses to Cleary, and to afford that, I'm going to go Munster to SJ or Dylan Brown. I'm yet to decide, so that'll be me. Zach, you? Beautiful. Uh, I'll be getting selling Moses, getting Cleary, and to create the cash for that, I'm downgrading Matt Burden to, I think, Tex Hoy, but it doesn't really matter anyway. I did want to get rid of Corey Horsberg, but... Burden's got a higher break even and I think he's just going to lose cash. So I better get rid of him quickly before he does. Perfect. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We're six episodes down. We're absolutely loving it. Um, we're appreciating all the support that we get. Uh, people, that, people that stop us in the street and everything, like we, we, honestly, we obviously feed on that. So do it more, please. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, best of luck for this weekend. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Go the bunnies. Thank you.